<laughs> I, I hate Shit. introing. I, I just tried to get Bob to do my intro for the show because he's on here so often that I, at first I was like, Bob, I'm not even going to introduce you. And then I was like, you know what, Bob, why don't you do the intro? And Bob was like, I don't even want to do the intro on my show. Yeah, he won't Instant do it. no. I hate it. It's awful. okay. Okay. Welcome to the Frumis channel. I guess I have to do it myself. Welcome to the Frumis channel, everybody. Sorry. It just is what it is. Hold on. I got to unlock. Also, do you say welcome to the Frumis channel or do you say welcome to like uh, 30 days of Halloween or like what is the title of this? I always just say welcome to the show. Okay. The uh, always, show. Always. Yeah. I just say welcome to tonight's show. You should say, because... you should say welcome to a show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, welcome to that's a what... show. It's, it's but is whatever. that not what it is on the Frumis channel? It's just always, hey, what are we talking about today? We're talking about yeah. this. As me We're and you have discussed. That right extensively right your theme branding you're the theme yeah you're the theme of this channel it's no there's no the jeff from us is the theme it you know when you say it like that it sounds egotistical but the logic i don't mean no i know you don't i know you don't i know you don't i just mean hey what's up Diggs? how are you we got a twitch we got a twitch person that's rare hell yeah twitch cool twitch guy um we're we're old guys don't understand twitch or person um no, yeah. I yeah, no, the from is it's just the whole idea is that it's just whatever I'm talking about is the topic right. of discussion, and that's it. Yeah. If that okay. makes any sense, right? It makes sense to me. It makes sense but, to me but too. I'm just saying that me and you have had such extensive conversations. We about have branding stuff. Bob and I talk about branding in YouTube worlds for our respective channels all the time. Because it's, it's all about committing to something and it's like right. Yeah, like right. I and I'm struggling. I've struggled with it. You're definitely yes. you've definitely struggled with it. I've I've even said I've told people I've given people bad advice. I had Jason, <laughs> I was on Jason Horton's show. Yeah, yeah. And Jason was like, Jason wanted to do the right thing. He's like, I'm gonna split my channel into a bunch of different things. And I was like, No, don't <laughs> keep it under all one banner. Wait until your bit your channel is so big that it makes sense to do it. It's just doesn't make any sense. But apparently, that's what the algorithm I was super wrong. That's sure. what the algorithm yeah. likes, and I do that in despite of it being the right thing because I want to Te- keep everything under one roof. Technically, so. like I'm literally doing, I'm literally, I was doing sort of what you were doing, and now I'm, now I'm, I'm doing the opposite slowly. Right. I'm staying, I'm staying stubborn by my guns. I think no, maybe I think that's why a- my channel growth is so slow. But right. So be it. I, I that's just how I do it. That's I like I your it. channel. Uh, this is not it's not an indictment of your channel. It's an indictment of algorithms. And I agree. Yeah. I think this is like keep everything under one roof. It is what it is. You know, I've had people, you know, I've been on job interviews. They're like, why? So I see your numbers and stuff or I see some I show them some of my analytics and they're like, so why do you have such few subscribers? And I am like, well, look, subscribers is just, you know, vanity metrics. It doesn't really mean anything to have subscribers you know you can have higher watch hours than somebody with ten thousand subscribers it doesn't mean anything right, right two is i tell them that i say i just i'm stubborn i want to talk about what i want to talk about that's what keeps me from getting burnt out i hey i like talking about horror movies and i'm getting burnt out just doing the same goddamn thing doing one review every goddamn day what was i thinking so stupid of me i i mean that's a lot man you you podcast more than anyone i know and I have enough of podcasting just in the little bit I do, and I do more than most people. 
So it was, it, it was, it was a commitment, but you know what? I try to, you know, the great Bob street, last thing before we start the mm-hmm. great Bob street who recently Bob street, my God, Dave street. What is my thinking? Dave thinking street, my, my name. My good friend, yes. Yeah. My very good friend, Dave street who passed away in March, March or April. He passed away the earlier this spring. He was a firm believer and always said it was part of his triangle of success. He said, try to be a man of your word in everything that you do. And if you say you're going to do something, try to follow through and do it. And I don't know why, but since he died, that has stuck with me. And have I done it perfectly? 100%? No, but I really try to. I try to do that with my feature length film. And I'm trying to do that with this. So even though I don't want to, I'd rather just like stop. I'm going to, I said I was going to do it. I'm going to see it through to the end because that's what I said I was going to do. And I feel like that's a good way to live your life. So some advice from Dave. The, the end of a YouTube channel is a very weird thing too. Like, when does it end? When's it over? <laughs> the end of a movie makes sense. A movie ends. Right. Like, but, but a YouTube channel, that could be. Well, I don't mean the end of a YouTube channel. I mean, the end of the, I said I was going to do this so, thing. No, I said I was going to do. 31 movies in 31 days oh oh! i thought you meant the from his youtube <laughs> no no i don't know maybe someday i'll get sick of it and i'll stop i don't mind here's the here's the thing about that last thing super last thing swear to god i don't think that counts you know when you walk away from something like that it doesn't count that's as not giving no it's not failure and it's not giving up as long as you put the as long as the spark lives on within you and as long as you put that spark into whatever it is that you're doing yeah, that is not giving up. Giving up is when you you cease to do anything at all. Sometimes you hit a brick wall, or sometimes you can't move forward in a direction that you're going, and you have to pour your energy into something else. As long as you're doing the action of pouring your energy in, that's what's important, and sure. that's that's the life value. It has nothing to do with. And you know, you're you're allowed to quit things. You're allowed to quit things and start new things. That's I don't even want to call it quitting. I I prefer to say I'm walking away. I'm this? making a choice to walk away. No, no, end things. You're allowed to end things. Ending and quitting are two separate things. Sure, yes, like that. Ending, ending, you right? And you're allowed to end things. Some end bands things. just end. Some right. bands they just like, end. They say, we got we called to go, and it's yeah. over. We're going to call it quits. And I love that. I love that. Okay. Exorcist three. (laughs) Bob has been. (laughs) Well, this is a great, this is a great segue because like we're talking about me being on the channel. And the last time I was on the channel, we did the best third horror movie in a franchise. Oh yeah. I mean, literally the last time I was, no, no. The second to last time I was on your channel. You start then you start. Well, I'm saying say what you wanted to say. Cause I hadn't seen it yet. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right. I was saying we did the best third movie in horror franchises and we did our top five of that. And I brought up Exorcist 3. And then as I believe every time we've ever brought up Exorcist, Jeff, you have always noted. I'm saying this so you don't have to say it a 50th time is that because of your upbringing and your, you know, you're Jewish. The Exorcist never really appealed to you in the way it might have appealed to me as it. I was raised uh, Irish italian roman catholic very it's very like you know hardcore uh in my upbringing that the exorcist affects so you also said that you don't like possession that much as like a premise you said that before right so i brought up exorcist three and i said look i know i know there's all these things i know that you've said a million times you're jewish you're not that into possession (laughs) but I was like, Exorcist 3, 
there's more to it than just that. There's more to it. And I and I kind of told Jeff, I was like, give it a chance. You don't need to watch Exorcist 2. Everyone pretty much agrees with that sentiment. There's a few, there's probably a few outliers, like there always is. But Exorcist 2, story-wise, has literally nothing to do with anything. Um, and all you really need to know going into three is that George C. Scott is playing the cop from the first movie. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he is. He's he's playing um what's his name? Okay. Kinder he's playing Kinderman from the first movie. And that even that really doesn't affect the enjoyment of the movie. Not at all. Not at all. And obviously Father Karras returns uh you know in, right. in a certain in a certain way. But the, okay, full spoilers on a 32-year-old movie. Go ahead. Right, right. So Exorcist 3 is obviously like it has a very storied history of being a troubled production. Um, what I know about it is that William Peter Blady wanted to, he wrote the book Legion. Right. And he wanted to make a movie just called Legion that really wasn't a, a, any type of actual sequel to The Exorcist. But then the studio stepped in and was like, this is called The Exorcist 3 now. <laughs> and you're making The Exorcist 3. And he was like, you know, I, I'm sure... I, I don't really know everything, but I know that he didn't really want it to be the exorcist three because he hates exorcist two. So he, now he's making a movie that's like literally acknowledging there's a second. Movie <laughs> in the, title. the exorcist Legion or well, he, call it Legion. He, well, the studio, but the studio, they, this was like their demand is like, it's exorcist three. And he no notoriously, I mean, I don't know if you know this, Jeff, but the, no, I don't. Me and Jeff both have watched. I've I've seen this movie, but we've both watched the theatrical cut on Shutter. It's currently streaming on Shutter, but there is a director's cut. Oh, I wish I saw the no, director's cut. So the director's cut is available, I think, only on physical media. But the director's uh, cut, Jeff, the director's cut is only filled in with a VHS tape that is the last remaining footage of the of that of what they added in so That's it looks like it looks like a vhs so the difference here is um before we get into opinions and stuff if i can explain sure please please uh if you didn't know this jeff basically the original movie does not end with any exorcism <laughs> so they, <laughs> so so he wanted to make a movie called legion which is about kinderman the cop from the right. original story and it did not have anything to do with an actual act of an exorcism. The studio basically said, you're making Exorcist 3 now. That's the name of the movie. And now you have to go back and we need to do it. We need to put an exorcism into the ending. So that makes went, me love this movie. I just want to say that makes <laughs> me love this movie that much more. I oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's more now. Go ahead. Really, so, yeah, like. uh so and I, I honestly, if I'm honest here, anyone listening, I prefer the theatrical cut vastly to the director's cut, even though I respect the director's cut because the director's cut basically ends, Jeff, without an exorcism. It ends. The reason the director's cut, you need to see it is because it has the full performance of Brad Dourif in that last scene. You're telling me that wasn't full. I mean, there, there's guy... more there's more oh. Brad Dourif and he's just as good the entire time. He's wow. incredible. He's an incredible. It's an incredible performance. And it's all on VHS. <laughs> so, but it basically ends, spoiler alert, it ends with George C. Scott basically just executing Brad Dourif with a gun. Very uh, anticlimactic, 
but it you know it kind of fit with the whole with what he was going for like you know like george c scott has had enough and he just kills him and walks out of the cell and basically accepts the consequences for murdering an inmate you know what i mean like that's kind of that was kind of the very there's no flashing lights <laughs> there's no insanely awesome visuals like this has uh, like the uh like the theatrical cut so basically here's the uh, the only thing if i had to criticize the exorcist 3 for what happened for what i'm talking about is william peter blady was given money to go back and go all out to shoot this giant exorcism crazy ass scene in that cell which is awesome i love that whole sequence i grew up watching that sequence but they the only thing that's weak to me and i don't it's fine i can live with it is father morning who is the exorcist himself it's a guy that we see in one unconnected scene in the beginning and then he just sort of shows up at the end to start the exorcism off right yeah he seemed to come yeah. out of left field come out of left field yeah and it's like, here's the thing is, I love so much of this movie, and I love this movie so much, I'm willing to forgive the obvious reshoot that that that's just pushed this other priest into the movie. <laughs> like, it's the weakest part of the movie is Father Mourning. But, you know, I don't you know, care. Like, I still love this movie dearly. I have, okay, having made two features myself that yes. both required reshoots or deviating from the written I mean you word. literally made a movie based on another movie that you didn't make so yes right you know, so a, I yeah. my point is is the reason why I'm bringing that up again I this is like the third time I've brought my work into a review but only because I really feel like it qualifies in the situation right. and I feel like I the reason why I'm bringing it up is because I understand and I am entirely forgiving and I not and, even knowing that, Jeff. Not, if you have yeah. money men telling you too, it's even more stuff sure. that's going to happen. You know what I mean? Although I think this is the one time where I think the studio was. I feel like the no, studio was so, right, Je Jeff. Like I've watched YouTube <laughs> reviews of this movie because it, yeah. I love watching movies like this get reviews by like with new eyes. Sure. And a lot of them were like, "Yeah, Legion, the director's cut was good, but the theatrical cut was awesome. <laughs> like sure. that ending is so epic." And sure. badass. It's like how I they were kind of right. I like I hate to say it. Listen, you know? I'm glad that both exist. I always want there to be the alternate cut of whatever because I yeah. don't want any art to be stifled. However, there are what you know what's funny, not even knowing that and just seeing that dude randomly appear. I've become very accepting of things because I just know when you're telling a story, sometimes you just Again, I, I was talking about this with Spookies, actually, in the Spookies review, and we're going to be having, hopefully very soon, a uh, producer and affiliated with both Spookies and Street Trash, uh, the uh, dude, Frank, uh, what's his last name? I forget his last name. He he He's going to be coming on the channel. I can't wait. That's to very cool. Them. That's going to be really cool. But the thing I was saying about Spookies in the review is that Spookies absolutely feels like three different movies which it turned out to be it was three different right, right. like movies yeah. but what made not knowing that i didn't know that going in so i'm watching it it's amazing how you can you can make something work by juxtaposing juxtaposition is literally the it's the most it's the simplest form of editing or story editing where there's no explanation given 
you are putting two images or two concepts next to each other and then forcing your audience to figure out why they are it's connected. It's uh, kind of the Kushlov effect, right? Whatever yeah. that is. Yes, yes, yeah. to an extent, yes. And yeah. and the idea and juxtaposition, you know, to quote Elric Kane's terminology, it's pure cinema. Like, it really is, though. I mean, that is literally what cinema is all about. It's about, that's how you get metaphor. Look at Lars von Trier in Nymphomaniac, like the way that he, you know, right. puts these, inserts these random images of wildlife, you know, when talking about, you know, uh, fornication, fornication Aaron things. Malik does that kind of thing, too. For sure. And and the point being that you can you can do that. There's no, like, there's no rules. You can do that, and it totally will work for better or for worse. And I, I just saying that I become more accepting of this idea of juxtaposition. So to see this random priest, I see a guy dressed like a priest. I don't even remember right. him earlier in the movie, but he's there to do an exorcism. I go, okay. Yeah. If I, if I, there wanted, we go. If I, <laughs> yes. Jeff, Jeff, if I wanted to like film school justify the priest being there, I would say that this story we're watching is the story of uh kinderman george c scott and the exorcist is not the main focus of the movie so right so he's just like a sideline character that just right. serves a functional purpose totally to to george c scott's story he's just there to move a puzzle piece to you end are, the movie you are absolutely correct and kevin right. I, kevin i actually agree with you this is this was going to be my surmization of everything i already knew get, this yeah, yeah i'm gonna get into a lot of trouble here i don't actually prefer it but i was expecting jeff to prefer it hence why i, I recommend yeah it. i actually I recommended it. yes i think i prefer you know why jeff you know why i knew you would prefer to it? the first i know you would prefer it because it's a it's it's a detective story and it's a serial killer story and I was like, it, with those elements added in, I felt like, you know, because the first one is a bare bones, it's right. singular possession. Right. But with those other elements, I was like, Jeff will like this for several reasons. What makes my favorite part of The Exorcist by far is <laughs> when Damien, Father Damien, whatever, when he gets possessed and throws himself out the window, that, I mean, obviously that's the climax of the movie, but it's, like, yeah, I was going to say that's the, <laughs> that's the I climax, mean, so. that kernel is what like made me love the original exorcist. Cause I was going like, Whoa, like self-sacrifice. Yeah. Just like yeah. all of that stuff. And then, you know, exorcist three, essentially exorcist three functions as a direct sequel. In my opinion, it is, it, it is. it's a direct sequel to the exorcist. It, it, it shouldn't works. be called exorcist three. It just shouldn't be. It's, no. And you know yeah. what it is? it is? It is a, if anything, it's Legion, it's Legion and Legion can function as a feature length epilogue to the exorcist. And, you know, it is interesting. And again, I can't really, the it's fact that you didn't know it was the cop is hilarious. Yeah, it, it gives him so much more like him not believing in God and not understanding what's going yeah, he's on. He's just a friend. I thought he was just a friend of the, no, no, of no. the like priest he, dude. He stood. He he witnessed the events of the first movie from the outside. Wow, and still so doesn't understand so much better. Him, it's so good to him. All he knows is either someone jumped out that window and killed themselves, or someone was pushed out that window and killed right. themselves. But he gets the full explanation from the Gemini killer. It's great. Right. And we, right. Basically, the story, the, what happens is, and it's very, again, talk about like just, weird. you know, weird. weird, quirky, creative creativity. Uh, Blatty. I thought it was Blatty. What did you call him? Blatty or Blatty or what's his last name? I think it's Blady. I, I thought I it was Blatty. I'm going to call bl him Blatty. I like Blatty. Blatty. He's only yes. directed two movies 
And both of them had to do with the exorcist because his other one, which I need to watch, uh, is called the ninth configuration. Oh yeah. Yeah. And apparently that has connections to the original exorcist too. So any, (laughs) after this movie, he never directed anything again. That's like, uh, what's his face from the wicker man, Robin, whatever his face is. He also directed Robin Robin Hardy directed the wicker man. He directed the wicker tree. And that was about it. And those are, that is a remake. That's a sequel remake. That is Mm -hmm. 40 years separate. And it's great. I love the wicker tree. Big fan of the wicker tree. Terrifying movie to me. Far I mean, more I mean, terrifying. The Wicker Man too. Like Wicker Man is great, but there is a scene. Spoilers: If you haven't seen this movie, just skip over this. But there is. A, well, have you haven't seen it either, Bob? Have you? I haven't seen it. No. Oh, uh, well, I won't say. It. There's a I scene should, in there. I mean, at the, the degree to which I love the Wicker Man. I mean, not the Nick Cage. A Nick Cage one is fine for its own reasons. Yes, it's hilarious. Oh, we could do a whole meditation on, on that. that yeah. Right. Yeah. But I love the original Wicker Man. Is formative yeah, it's, for me. It's great. It's I rent, I rented it based on that fucking VHS box. And I had no clue what I was getting into, and then oh just, nice, no, so you you were you didn't. I had the twist was was, was spoiled for me. A no, long I didn't time, know long time ago. But yeah. um, the Wicker Tree. Funny enough, the Wicker Tree is really kind of like I watched Midsummer, and I was kind of like, whoa, this is kind of siphoning off a lot of the Wicker Tree a little. Oh, bit. I'm sure that was a little definitely. bit. Yeah. Um, but but w- Wicker Tree has a scene, one of the most terrifying death scenes I have ever seen in a movie, like truly terrifying to me. Um, I wasn't expecting it at all. It was shocking, much like the Exorcist three, which is the scene everybody that everybody talks about uh, that was actually far more under. Underwhel- it was very good, but it was underwhelming. You mean the hallway scare? Yeah, the hallway scare didn't scare me at all. It wasn't. I mean, no, it was, no, it's, it's jarring. It's, it's it's more about construction, like the construction of the scene. Sure, how it's pulled off. Uh, the first time you watch it, I thought it I is did, freaky. It is freaky. What freaks me out? I mean, <laughs> as a kid, I watched this as a kid. Now, can I just say, you know, you know what the scariest part for me is by far, by fucking what? far. What? Now remember, Jeff, Catholic, raised Catholic. Okay. Right. The scariest part for me is literally in the first two minutes when it shows. I can't even watching it like yesterday or today. I was like, oh, please. When it shows the crucifix and Jesus's (laughs) eyes open. I can't do it. I every time the way it stares right into the screen at you, I can't do it. When the eyes that's, open, a, that's a Pavlovian response, right? <laughs> well, because you know, as a kid, you're when you're in church and you stare up at the crucifix, you're you know, whenever you stare at a statue to some degree, you're always waiting for the moment that it's gonna move. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like the Exorcist three gave my childhood nightmares of the crucifix actually staring back at me. Like and it's and the way that it's shot, there's like it cuts away and then it cuts back to Jesus just staring right at the screen again. I'm always like, oh God, make it stop, make it stop, right? That shot kills me. And also, of course, when I was a kid, nothing scared me more than the woman crawling on the ceiling. Oh yeah, oh that was freaky. Yeah, that that came out of nowhere. I'm watching this movie. I mean, even just as like a uh, as like a serial killer detective like procedural with George C. Scott. And every word that he says kind of reminds me of Ringo Starr's drums on Abbey Road. They're so filling and like yeah. wholesome. Like I just could listen to that man read a phone book and just like even if like the movie ASMR. was disaster, he he saves it. You know what I mean? Like you know what the best so part. Good. I mean, the best conversation in that whole movie is the fish 
when they're talking about the carp in the bathtub and how he hasn't bathed in three days. I mean, the crafting of that scene for someone who's only directed one other movie, it's master. It's just a masterful scene, man. It's just so good. There's so much in this movie where you're like, how we, what did we lose by not having Blady do more? Like, you know what I mean? There's so much in this movie. The atmosphere, even when the opening of the movie, the door shut open and the wind blows in. Yeah. It shows you all these like beautiful inserts of the church. I was like, it's not, this is a man who knows how to direct a movie. He does. And and he's an author. He's an author. Like he, he, but he, it's good, man. It's really good. Well, this is, you know, we always talk on the channel about like show don't tell, but I would actually argue that this is like a great example in screenwriting where you can tell without showing and it's just excellent. And it's really with Brad Dorif doing basically explaining all of this stuff that we don't see he's just explaining why explains how he is how he's here and it's it's such you know what it is it is it's it's just high concept low budge man it's just high concept low budget we're we're we don't we're not seeing all this happen we're not seeing any demons we're not like think about all the opportunities that could one have could could have shown if if it's, one wanted to. It's also tasteful, like you know what I mean. It shows gore when it needs to, but like, and it shows some awesome yeah, it gore. Is. In it's, it's it's grisly. Like, like I wouldn't want to see the, that the child be killed. You know the what I mean? Dream. Like, oh my god, the dream sequence with everybody's oh, heads like uh, sewn back on. But you know the, what's what's great. What could have what could have really worked in that scene? Here's a missed opportunity. Thirty two years late for the dude who wrote something greater than i'll ever write in my in <laughs> measly life okay right just, just want to clarify that um missed opportunity missed opportunity from an audience perspective you know as he's talking about about pazuzu his friend he doesn't even say the word pazuzu he just says my friend which i just love that i thought that was so good we know who you're talking about you don't have to say the thing's name um why not cut to like 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 sort of like Edwardian Victorian etchings, like old school, like 18th century wood etchings of like, you know, demons and possession or something that could have been, you know, put over it that that could have been an interesting touch as well. I'm sure he'd have an answer for you or would have just been, (laughs) he he just would have have said, no, that's not my vision and shut the fuck up. But you know, I just, or he would have said, I literally hate the studio and this needs to end. Yeah. He'd be like, look, studio, (laughs) he just, he would say, look, the studio is as sticky as it is. Right. And you know what else sticks? Stickers, right? Stickers, stickers stick. And Riot Stickers is the sponsor of the channel. I thought that would be a cool, dramatic sort of thing if I threw the stickers. Only if you cut, you got to throw it and then cut instantly. You're right. All right. It didn't work. Riotstickers.com. We got stickers coming out of our ears. These are UV coated stickers. They're printed on vinyl, they are waterproof. Get your image. If you have a brand, if you have an image, get it printed on RiotStickers.com. We're going to do some in-camera special effects. RiotStickers.com. Look at my face in the moon face. RiotStickers.com. Get this thing right RiotStickers.com. Yes, it's like South Park. RiotStickers.com. We're doing a special promotion. This is a crazy promotion, people. Do you know what we're doing? A thousand stickers for $79. Do you realize how insane that is? A thousand stickers for $79. That is seven cents per sticker. You can't go, you can't go wrong with seven cents per sticker. You just can't. It is too good of a deal to pass up. Look at the banner they printed behind us. You can only get that deal on this channel with this link. We don't have any promo codes anywhere. 
You just go to riotstickers.com backslash from us, F-R-U, Amazon Mary, E-S-S, just like this channel, and you could get stickers. Let's play the second side. I'm a ride sticker. I'm a motherfucker coming for you. I'm a space invader. I'll be your rock and roller sticker too. Keep your mouth shut. I don't know where I was going with that. Anyway, we talked about the Exorcist Part 3. Exorcist 3. Exorcist 2 doesn't exist. So this really is Exorcist 2. We could piss off a bunch of horror fans by just saying, oh, you mean Exorcist 2. And people will get actually I. I knew a guy who worked on a movie with me who said his favorite movie of all time was Exorcist 2, The Heretic. And when he said it, I was like, really? And he's like, absolutely. And I was like, you're not trolling me. He's like, no, why would I be trolling you? And I was still to this day kind of like, maybe he was trolling me. <laughs> but He might have been trying to get a rise. And, you know well. what? Everything has their, every movie is someone's favorite movie. So As well as Halloween Resurrection might be someone's favorite yes. horror movie. Sure. Why not? People love Busta Rhymes, you know, so it's Busta it's Rhymes' favorite Halloween movie is probably Halloween Resurrection or, or even mm. he would probably say the first one. No, he, I don't know if he would, but, you know, I um, never even thought about what my favorite Halloween movie is. Like, I don't I've seen every Halloween movie. And yeah, I'm fine with them, but I don't I've never cared enough nor been asked. So I like never really I have never it. cared to rank them. I always just say yeah. Halloween three is my favorite. However, I will say, and I think I could tie this back into Exorcist 3. First of all, the Exorcist 3 is, well, I'll, I'll let me lead it in. Let me lead into Exorcist 3. I'll say my thought about whatchamacallit. Um, what's up, whatchamacallit. John John of Steel from Voice of Doom? Now we're talking. Voice of Doom has a has a show at the Parkside he's got, Lounge. He's got Halloween 3 in his profile pic. He sure does. Um, they have a show with Robbie Bloodshed. At the Parkside Lounge, October 29th in Manhattan. Check it out. It's going to be a rad, wicked good time. Check it out. Voice of Doom. We love them here. And that's John of Steel. Um, What I was going to say is, going back to our conversation about third sequels, which, by the way, we have to do another. I'm I'm in in November. We'll wait for November. We're going to do another banger of a list. I don't know what it's going to be. We're going to do a list, a good list. Um, Or sequels. Or, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right. it's it's exactly what a third sequel should be in my opinion it sure it just it just it does something fresh it does something new it does something you're not expecting it does something that gives a franchise legs to keep going if it wanted to 
these are all the things that make a good third sequel, in my opinion. And a lot of the movies we spoke about work very well. You know, Sands, maybe Scream 3 is actually more of a final film, as we discussed. And, you know, maybe a few others. Day of the Dead is pretty final as well. Remember, there's also... A lot of people forget there's also like two other Exorcist movies outside of the initial three, and that's when they're both yes. re- and they're both re-edits. Yeah, but then there's also the TV show which I haven't watched. I haven't so, seen any of yeah. that stuff, and I really don't have any interest. When they said they were doing a fourth uh, Exorcist movies, and they had like the dueling Exorcist movies, I could. It was Paul give... Schrader yes. versus Rennie Harlan. I don't what even know. I mean, it is worth exploring that history. I'm sure it's been done before on YouTube. It. I am fascinated to know, like, look back. I remember when it was all in the news, and I, I mean, just give a shit. I just. I mean, I was interested because I actually love The Exorcist quite a bit. So, and obviously three. So I cared, but yeah, H three E three, my two faves. Um, I do. I did care, but in the end, I think both of those movies are lesser for what all the stuff that happened. Yeah, I just, Bro. I could, like, I even now, having seen Exorcist and Exorcist 3, like, I don't have any interest. I guess I'll see Exorcist 2 at some point, um, and I guess I'll Exorcist 2 can totally have happened in the, like, <laughs> like yeah, it's it's really laughable. Says it's but- so bad, it's great, laughable if you don't take it seriously. That's now, now you've given me a reason, John. Oh, dude, it's funny. It. It's okay. funny. Yeah, okay. I mean, like. Because it you're the whole time you're like, what were they thinking? And the sad part is, is they used like she came back for it. Yeah, Linda Blair <laughs> came back. <clears throat> Whatever. The real Exorcist sequel is obviously repossessed, starring Leslie Nielsen. Right, of course. Which is as a kid, I was With like Linda Blair as well, I, right? I think I saw Repossessed more than I saw any of these movies. <laughs> as a kid. You know what else is great? I haven't do for a rewatch on Dracula Dead and Loving It. I, I haven't seen that in Jeff, years. I'm probably the biggest dead and loving it fan you know. Wow! Like, literally, I love that fucking movie. It's been years since I've seen it. I people really hate that movie, it. but you know what? Oh, I saw it twice in the theaters. Yeah, me and my friends still quote it. We used to watch it at my video store, like literally every two days. Like oh, it would just it would it, it would go in constantly. I've you know what's funny when you just said that I just got like such a nostalgia shot of like video stores hanging out in a video store watching movies, just clerking. Yeah, what a what a! I mean, you know, I did I, manage a video store. A mom and pop I know, video you, store I I know years. this. I know this. Right. And I mean, God, were those those were the days? Those really were the days. It's Just nice to know that, that it's nice to know that your dream, your your reasonable dream job, no longer exists. It's um yeah, it's it pretty sucks. sad. It's it pretty sucks. sad. This is kind of like this is podcasting is like basically that without being a video store or yeah. clerking like that's literally what jeff what this is you it's- know what i miss or what's crazy <laughs> is like i i managed that store from like uh 2003 to 2007 yeah or 2009 i can't remember but for a long time whenever i would go out to the movies and stuff people would literally just go movie time video guy <laughs> and they would give me high fives and shit. Like people would recognize so me. You just had a from brand. My years. So you had a it, brand. It wasn't even a brand. They just recognized me and they were just like happy to see me. That's, but you, like I always said, like the video store back yeah. then was a little bit like a bar on Friday night or something. Like people would go, sad people that are lonely looking to just talk to somebody, find something that would make them forget about their problems. And they would talk to you and you know about them. And like, yeah. So a lot of those customers, like I, I had, 
they they were like friends and you know i miss that um question i'm trying to remember in exorcist 3 father yeah. joseph dyer is he in the original exorcist as well um yes he is he father okay. dyer is the priest that is giving the last rites to father maris or Karis as he's lay dying at the bottom of the steps it's the oh, same character comes running up it's the same character it's just a different actor who's a great who does such an amazing performance in this movie i really love i do very... again that carp scene and again for people who don't know yeah. so what you do i mean bob could explain this better than me being uh, uh our our in-house italian bob can you explain what the what the the the, the fishes are the what what you, the feast of the fish and the carp no. and the bathtub and everything you don't no. know no. Do you not I know, actually, or you just don't want to explain it? I no, I know, <laughs> I know about it, but I can't give you any other details. Other okay, so again, and Bob, please, being the the resident Italian, please feel free or anybody in the audience to. I'm like an me. Italian from America. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it's like not. I'm not Italian. This is not my tradition, so I don't. Right. I'm speaking out of the side of my neck right now. And if anybody has a better understanding of it, please. I mean, I can look correct me. Um, the the from my understanding, the feast of the fishes, or you have your fish feast around Christmas time, and what you do is you eat a carp. But the problem is you got to clean the carp. So what you do is you let the carp sit in your bathtub for three days so that it gets it cleans out its system. Right, and so it's not it's not breathing bad water, not breathing bad water, but also right. you know getting all the poop out of its butt and everything like you're running you're cleaning the fish and it keeps the fish fresh and alive instead of so then you right. kill it right before you have your your fist your fish feast or feast of the fishes or whatever however it works and the way it was referenced in exorcist well, the way i took it was and the reason why it was such a brilliant conversation is because i took it being that this was like a, a movie about christian things and christian traditions and whatnot that this was that they were talking about this Italian feast of the fishes. And that's what the carp was in reference to, which made it ex more, even his, better. His, his disdain for the carp and the, and the feast. Right. It goes right. with how he feels about religion. Right. At, at that time in the movie. Right. Yeah. Yes. And John says the first exorcist, exorcist, excellent character yes. in three, the dialogue between Dyer and so, so, is classic. Yeah. So yeah, Jeff, those are the two characters from the original just different actors completely gotcha so, uh, that was guy, a little confusing the, the original kinderman had passed away and i don't know if william o'malley he played william o'malley played father dyer i don't know if he's still alive but by then he i don't know if he was still alive but and jason was, miller jason miller was in the original exorcist and his son his son is in a ton of stuff his son his son acted in some really great cult classics in the late half of the 80s early 90s he's in um he's in uh near dark Yep. He's in one of my favorites, uh, uh, friggin' Meet the Hollowheads. He's in Meet the Hollowheads. He's in a movie that I can't believe you've seen. That's insane. I can't. Well, I mean, when are we going to do the commentary on that? That that's a movie we got to do a commentary on. I just can't believe somebody it. else knows about Meet the Hollowheads. I'm obsessed with Meet the Hollowheads. You know who directed Meet the Hollowheads, right? Uh, we talked about it. He only here. did what? That was his only film as a director. He's a special effects guy. And he worked on all the Planet of the Apes movies. Oh, very cool. Under Arthur I used to rent C, that from the whatever. library. <laughs> That's crazy. That is so crazy. Um, so Jason Miller case, is the only actual like actor 
to appear from the original. Like, like right. the other ones are just characters. But he's such a good. I mean, it's so well, he cool wouldn't have been in it had him. the studio not forced them to reshoot the ending. He wouldn't have been even in it. Oh, so he was also inserted in there. He's it. So they basically, yes, the, that whole ending sequence was added. But he's in later. there earlier too. So actually, it's Brad Dorif who is the transient. Yes. who's in there, and then they just sort of see. This is the beauty of filmmaking. Oh, no, it was and Brad Dorif was everything in the original. Cut. Right, but the point, my point is, my point is, is that through the through the pure cinema action of juxtaposition. They smash cut from from uh, father from Damian Karras to the Gemini Killer played by Brad Dorf, and we're supposed to understand that Brad Dorf isn't actually really there; that he really did die in 1975. Basically, it's his soul. It's his soul. He's the Charles Lee Ray of yes. The Exorcist. That's <laughs> literally what he is. So once again, Brad Dorf is playing a serial killer. Who is inhabiting the body yes. of something else? Yes. He did that twice in 1990. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. It's kind of amazing when you think about it. How does Brad Dourif not just have an Oscar? At this so point? basically, the tweet that I'm going to compose when we get off this. Uh, have you ever Twitter, seen Jeff? Yeah. Have you ever seen Graveyard Shift? Yes. Yes. Many, Brad, many years ago. Brad yes. Dourif's performance in Graveyard Shift. That was also, one. I think that was 91 or something, right? That was I'll, really I'll, early. I'll look it up. The tweet that I'm going to compose after this is that um, The Exorcist 3 is the child's play of The Exorcist franchise. What? <laughs> That's literally what I'm going to say when I get off here. Say, Make it more confusing. Say Exorcist 3 is the child's play 2 of The Exorcist franchise. <laughs> what? Wait, that, why is it? Why Why child's play 2? Why? I, wait, feel like, well, I, feel, I feel like child's play 2 is the best beloved sequel out of all of them that's true but oh because it's a sequel as well graveyard shift was 1990 oh so he did so three three bangers for brad dorf in 1990 he, that's also around the time he did spontaneous combustion that might have been 89 um i'm just brad, saying brad dorf his career is so storied oh, at this point just a, i'm like just a Body literally of work man literally if i if i listed my top five favorite actors of all time brad duraf is on it like i'm not even kidding Ooh, like, i don't know I if he'd love, be in my I, top my, and all that but and then mind you I, i'm telling you this this has nothing to do with this episode i would have said he, that he goes all the way back to cuckoo's nest in the 70s he's yes he's billy nest. babbitt yeah he makes yeah. the movie yeah i mean yeah what, what happens to him is what you know is yeah all the final final action and also movie. i mean i say this i've told you on my last episode chucky's my favorite 80s horror franchise that so i'm a pretty true. big fan of brad duraf let's just say that so exorcist 3 is not is is just on the another building block of my love for Brad brad duraf of my childhood yeah that's right fabio plays an angel and patrick <laughs> ewing is the angel of death yes wait patrick it's super ewing? weird it's super weird wait yeah. a minute not the patrick ewing Holy shit. Yeah, dude. Patrick Ewing from the Knicks is the angel of death in Exorcist 3. What the fuck? Dude, I met Patrick Ewing there's, twice. There's so much about... <laughs> there's so That's much... my favorite fact about The Exorcist now. <laughs> I'm just saying there's so much about Exorcist 3 that is supremely odd 
and yeah. supremely interesting. There's so much craft in it, but there's also much weirdness in it. Those and also scissors much- are so the jaw <laughs> scissors. I mean, they are just so. You know what's funny? We don't ever really see them get used, but it's the again, it's all, it's all Tarantino. It's off screen. It's all psychological. Yeah, though. It's, all it's psychological. the idea that this is what this instrument does. This is how it does it. We don't need to show you the after effect or we don't need to show it. We're going to just imply it. And it's so effective. And it really speaks to, you know, the idea of like, if you're like making a really low budget film, like a really, really low budget film, and you don't have money to do gun effects, like, well, you should never show a gun firing if you're making a low budget film. Like truly, in all honesty, you can have someone holding a gun. You can have someone threatening with a gun. But don't show the gun. Right, of course. But don't show the gun firing and don't show anybody getting shot. Like, just don't do it. If you can't do it right. And and I feel like I feel like that's sort of in line, tandemly in line with the idea that Blatty uses these jaws. We got Rue Morgue in the house tonight. He wait, wait, what? He says, okay, Rue Morgue is saying that Samuel Jackson is he? Holy shit. Here he is on the Wikipedia. Samuel Jackson is the blind dream man. So this movie also features Samuel Jackson. He's the dude. And so this was 1990. So this was like not long after coming to America. Yeah. So Samuel Jackson coming to America. uh, Remember, he's like the robber in coming to America. Right. And then two years later, he's in the Exorcist 3. That is so funny, man. Also, I want to say I had to actually double check the Patrick Ewing thing because I was sure of it. But if you go to his IDB, the only man that has the first two movies he's known for as Space Jam and Exorcist 3. What a fucking career, man. <laughs> I got to tell you, I love, I love, love, love me some Space Jam. I do love, love me Space, Space Jam. Jam. Right. That's yeah. pure, pure 90s deliciousness. That's the yes. Patrick Ewing double feature right there. Oh, my God. Holy <laughs> shit. The Patrick Ewing double, double feature, feature Space Jam and fucking Exorcist <laughs> 3. Oh, that is just. I would absolutely go to a theater to watch that on the big screen. Yo, Samuel L. Jackson is 73 years old. Like, it kind of bl- blows my mind that that dude. First of all, he doesn't look 73 at no, all. He doesn't. And he doesn't feel 73. He feels he feels eternal to me, actually. Samuel Jackson does. And he's made enough movies he, now. Oh, my he, God. If and when, if I'm saying if because there's a possibility, I believe that he may, may never die. But if he ever <laughs> dies, I'm going to feel it's going to it's actually going to make me not just cry. It's going to make me feel like the world is upside down because it's, it's going to make us feel world... like when Robin Williams died. Yeah. That it's was like, there's certain, there's certain celebrities where they're just cornerstones. They're people you hang on to throughout media, you know, like, you know what you have to take solace them. in? You have to take solace that you got to share the earth at the same time, same time as, them. as Samuel Jackson. And because of you, there's very possible there. Think about all the humans that didn't get to share the earth with Samuel Jackson. Did, or, Jeff, Robin uh, Williams. Quick, We're lucky. We're lucky. Funny story. Uh, <laughs> in my early twenties, I was in a six-year relationship, and we were started talking about marriage. Right. Pro- this is probably one of the reasons we didn't get married. But uh, she was like, you know, I think it would be really cool of you if you asked for my father's hand, my hand <laughs> for my father's for marriage. Right. Right. And I said, I said, doesn't that seem a little regressive? I was like, how about this? I'll ask Samuel L. Jackson. 
if it's okay if I marry you? And if he says yes, I'm totally fine with it. <laughs> did you she, did you do that? No, but she just got absolutely pissed at me for saying. Yeah, <laughs> you, I was like, that was not the right thing to say. No, Bob. it wasn't. I said it was. <laughs> I it was. This was over 20 years ago. But, right. But I just remembered distinctly being like, if Samuel Jackson says we can get married, then we can get married. <laughs> and that was then. And now this is before he was Nick Fury. This is before right. Right. That, that that's then. how much. That's how much. That's yeah. the emphasis on on uh, how how big he's been for how long. He's been. He has been big for. He was big when I was twenty five, and I'm younger than you. So right. Well, that for was me, only, it was like was yeah. a long time ago. For me, actually. it wasn't my my Samuel Jackson. I like that this is relevant because he's in the movie. For me, <laughs> before I got into all of his more notable roles, and for me, it was Die Hard Three. Like as a kid, Die sure. Hard Three was on all Night. the time, and I love it was a, it was a so much. big. That was a big, big, big movie. And now they're doing Die Hard with a Santa Claus. If you could, right? But that's it. not. I mean, it's not a Die Hard movie though. No, what it is is it's it's a Die Hard is now no longer just a movie. Die it's Hard a, a is format. a genre. It's a genre. Format. It's a genre. It, it literally is. You can start at like like Kevin Smith. He wanted to make Die Hard in a mall. That's what Mall Rats was originally supposed to be, or something like that. So it's like you know, it's this Die idea. Yeah, or it's like even speed, Jaws. Yeah. Jaws is Jaws or Alien is also a. a, a uh, well, we talked about that. There are things that predate There's certain, Alien. But. Uh, Kevin Smith had a name for those movies. He's like the movies where movie reviews would use them to describe getting into. It was like yeah, Die Hard, Speed, The Matrix. Like, sure. well, yeah, I'm saying, but like, it, like the movie reviews would be like, it's Speed in an elevator, or it's right. The Matrix crossed with Die Hard. Like, there right. are certain movies that are so like indelible. That you use them to describe movies. <laughs> they are. How about this? They are the 20th century version of the seven stories from sure. from ancient Greece, right? Because right, the right, idea yeah. is that all. Well, really, really, supposedly, all stories are actually just two stories. Technically, technically speaking, um, it's man. I think it's man versus man and man versus self or something. But then Something that's like that, actually yeah. split up into seven categories where it's like man versus nature, man versus man, man versus animal, like you know, that sort of thing. And no, so it's, it's man versus it's man versus building, man versus bus, man versus computers. <laughs> and if you go up to right, and then if you go <laughs> into the 20th century, you get Jaws, Matrix, Jurassic Park, you know, whatever, like that sort of thing. And um, I'll tell you, I saw there was a we movie. don't really have those anymore, do we? We don't have like I don't as far as movie reviews go, I don't see the those blurbs said much anymore. Like no one goes like, well, Captain America three was this crossed with this. Right. Yeah. No, I you used know? to do those types of reviews. What's up, Dagger Love? How are hey, you? Hey, Dagger. Um, you know, the yeah, it we don't really get that. We don't what is really Exorcist get that three often. Exorcist three is like Exorcist. <laughs> the exorcist crossed with seven no the exorcist three is exorcist crossed with child's play <laughs> see i don't agree there you're, yes. just, saying that of Duraf. you're just saying that because of Duraf. no not just because of Duraf, because the plot think, is literally a guy getting possessed yeah but the plot is also a procedural of a serial killer but what's so cool again it's like blatty is like okay we've already done possession by a demon so what if now the demon by a human soul 
that the demon is getting revenge on whatever humanity or whatever by possessing another human with a serial killer. That is fucking cool. And that is also you know, similar like to child's play. It's one of those things where like we find out what happened right after the first movie. Whereas yes. the, where, where the where a serial killer was literally being um you know uh given the death penalty at right. the same time that Father Karras jumps out the window and and like Pazuzu basically guides his soul into his body. <laughs> like all that shit was happening. And like, it's hey, motherfucker. It's like, <laughs> yeah. hey, motherfucker, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, or like Pazuzu's like, hey, you want you want to keep going? Come on with me. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like, my friend, my friend said my work wasn't done yet. <laughs> I'll, I'll, hey, man, I'll give you a priest body. How about that? You know what <laughs> would have like, been a okay. cooler reveal? A cooler reveal would have just been to reverse it. Started off with Brad Dourif just to bury. I'm always for burying the lead. Maybe that's what, uh, maybe that hurts, hurts me when I try to tell stories. I'm all for burying the lead as long as possible and then giving a reveal. Jeff. I I just think that it's really nice. I think I think it's really really nice that like if we saw Brad Dura first, and then the reveal is that actually it's Damien. You know what I mean? That would have been a lot cooler than seeing Damien first, and then seeing Brad Dura. I guess either way, it's confusing. But at least that it's like it, you're well, hiding. Remember, remember, you did see like the director's cut is that. So gotcha. Well, it, it's yeah. you know what it is. It's like. I, I just kind of want the I just kind of want the to see like the reverse. I guess I just want to see the reverse. Oh, you know you, what it is? You need to watch the director's cut. I think a lot of your answers will get with that, like from what you want there. Will yeah, be, but will Damien becomes a twist. If you do it that way, if you put Brad Dura first, Damien becomes a reveal. A twist. Right. But in the mechanics of the story, that person that is in that cell cannot look like the Gemini killer. Brad Dura. Right, is, right. is the body of the Gemini killer that was executed. He yeah, cannot the, uh, look but like the audience. Yes, but you're correct. But the yeah. audience, that's the audience doesn't know that or th that doesn't matter for the audience. It could be changed. Sure. But Father Karras, Father Karras looks like Father Karras. Right. But the point is, is that George C. Scott is still seeing Father Karras when the audience is seeing Brad Dourif. So it's a twist for the audience, not for the character. And that still is viable. It's viable, but also, like I said, every so much this went through so much hell. The fact that it got even there, it's it, it, yeah. it literally um, stopped a man from making movies. So, which you know, is I sad. Mean, which is, is sad. Because, but here's the thing, Jeff. We talk about it right now, and we saw some comments about it. This movie has gotten so much new cult love now. It's got the new you know media releases and everything. People love Exorcist three now. Like it found. It's place, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's what, it, it's it, that, it's that's what's happening. You found Halloween it. Halloween three. You yeah. weren't even an Exorcist big fan, and now you no. found it. Like, it's people love this movie. So, by the way, Halloween three, the new Halloween three, I think it's the best of the Halloween new Halloween trilogy. <laughs> why are I you like breaking it. this up? Why, I just what are you doing? Like why it. are you? Why do you want to talk about Halloween end? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying that I really like it. And, I like. It we too. didn't talk about it. I'm saying I like it. I think it was good. I think that it did something daring. It was great all the oh, way yeah. up until the final, all the way up until the final act. Then it just I have lost a, it. For my me. unconventional ranking, my my ranking for that trilogy is so unconventional because it's literally probably the in opposite. order. 
no it's in order no 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 <laughs> I, I i i loathe 2018 so yeah, that would be last for me um and kills would probably be first because it's insane it's so nuts <laughs> like i don't really care that much but like kills to me is funny it's oh, really you, funny you definitely care because just to, to to rank kills first and halloween 2018 last you care somewhere in your heart you care I can. I mean, I can. I've, I think I've even said on your channel why I hate 2018, but uh, but kills to me is it's terrible. It is bad, but it's entertaining as hell to watch. And I don't even ends. Like, listen, ends does what Legion does. It does it. Yeah, by, no, I, I like ends. I didn't, I didn't all the way up it. until the end when they get rid of uh, Corey. When Corey goes away is when I was like, oh boy, like it just goes so far downhill. I was so uh, the movie just full it was you know flying off the rails but it was Didn't still you already do together. a review ep episode on it i did but you know we're at, i mean dude we're at an hour now it's like it's <laughs> over this 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 review is over for me I'm, Look, I'm done with it nothing in that trilogy is as interesting to me as anthony michael hall looking like he's on speedballs screaming eyes tonight i just i mean he how can you not appreciate how all out he went in that movie and how that movie makes and literally then they no killed sense. him. They killed him. It was so stupid. God, just the, the fact that Laurie Strode spends the whole time in a hospital. I'm like, who the fuck? Are Actually, they I think the hollow, the Halloween trilogy, if you want to pound for pound, I think the Halloween trilogy um, flies apart just as bad as the new star Wars trilogy. I think it's pretty it's disparate. It's very disparate. Uh, and I'm talking about as a trilogy, the idea that this is an arcing story. I mean, it it oh, really yeah. especially from kills to ends, like he goes supernatural and kills, and then he's just working around a sewer. Again, I love ends. I love the Corey story, was my favorite part of the new Halloween series. I'm like, great. No, You're giving us I, a brand new fucking I don't want you killer. To think I don't this like is cool. I'm I, I'm I, for it. I, I genuinely like ends. I, I do, but Kills is the worst movie of the three. Easily. <laughs> and it's your favorite. Easily. Your yes, favorite. because I don't I don't fucking care about <laughs> any of this. And and like I, I I loved what Halloween Ends was doing. It's nice, it's 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 nuts in its own right, but like kills to me, number one, it's, it's brash. It's brash, it's stupid, and everyone is screaming constantly. And just out of their mind, I was like, when I I remember when I first sat down to watch it, I was like, I was like, are we being punked by David Gordon Green? Like, are Danny McBride and David Gordon Green trolling us? Like, it's that kind. Of, and I that's how that. I felt during the Last I, Jedi when Luke when Luke drinks green milk. You just I actually argue. Turned, you just want to. No, argue. I'm not trying to argue you with do. you. You yeah. remember my friend Nate Dog? Remember my friend? You've met Nate yes, Dog. Yes, yes. Okay, so Nate Dog and I went to see the Last Jedi together, sure. and we both we both physically turned to each other when yeah. he drank the green milk from the walrus nipples. Yeah, and he scowls. I love that part. I, I love it too. I it's like literally the greatest thing ever. Yeah, but also in like trying to watch the follow up to this in this new trilogy. We both looked at each other and we were like, is this is real? Like, do we really both just see is this real? Is this well, like that didn't even affect me? I don't that your reaction to that, I had none of that. To me, that was perfectly fine. It didn't mean anything. It's great, remotely. but I'm not saying but it's not to, great. To, I'm to just me, it saying fits. it's not weird at all. It's not it's, it's absolutely not weird. That that for Nate Dog has not seen anything Star Wars since The Last Jedi because of that movie. He is <laughs> Nate, you know why I love Nate Dog so much because he's so 
he's such a passionate supporter and lover of things and he holds them to such scrutiny he holds them to such ideals that he feels like embody like the soul of the thing that it is and when it deviates from that he feels personally betrayed and then is mm-hmm. like i'm done like he won't read marvel anymore no he won't read spider-man anymore because of brand new day brand new day made him stop reading spider-man he was like i'm done i'll never read another spider-man again because sure, of the reset because they save aunt may's life and 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 reset everything it was the, one of these grand resets it was actually it was a terrible arc i hated i hated brand new day too. I, don't, I don't think i i read it so it, you know what it didn't stop me from reading spider-man but i'll tell you t- today i'm not reading any spider-man so what does that say about it so i don't read know. comics anymore yeah i don't read comics either oh i do but <laughs> I, I, read the, yeah, I don't i read the occasional comic i do not keep up with comics it's impossible you can't do it it's physically and financially impossible you just can't do it i mean i'll definitely slow down on stuff when it disappoints me like after rise of skywalker i'm less excited <laughs> for basically all star wars i haven't watched andor yet i a good thing well i hate rogue one a lot so I don't really have interest in that, but I hear everyone. Give loves- us a job of the hut show. Like where's their job of the huts, man. I mean, I, they show that we see some job of the hut stuff and I'm like, what would that even be though? Oh man. It would be good fellas with fucking huts. It'd and probably it be, be like awesome. Eddie Murphy's the clumps, you know, like, just and you know what else we talked about this? I think briefly on Twitter, give us primal, but with Ewoks, that would be just like they're not the doing fucking that. that's I've, too good. Obviously, they're not gonna do that, but give yeah. it to me. Give you know it to what the, me. you know what my problem is is like whenever something like Obi-Wan happens and everyone complains what a mess it was, and it was, and then you thought, like, really I liked it a lot. Oh, I liked oh, I liked Obi-Wan a lot. I thought it was good. I thought it had a lot of messy elements to it, though. A lot of mess. Yeah. Um well. and then Andor comes out, and I read the reviews like this is the Star Wars. Whenever I read this is like the Star Wars we've been waiting for because it's so takes itself seriously and all this. I'm like, just because something doesn't take itself seriously doesn't inherently mean it's bad. And that a- angers me. It's so Luke drinking green milk does not take itself seriously, but that's no. not what makes, in my opinion, that bad. Well, it's, it's not just bad. that it's just this <laughs> super jarring, like cutaway to Luke. I mean, if Nate Dog was on, I don't want to ever do it with Star Wars podcast with Nate Dog. Nate Dog, you're cool. We've done, we've done this, but like, I would argue with him about the original trilogy. Like, if you think if you're holding those to that standard, you're wrong. Like, absolutely. Like, he can he can attack me, whatever. But like, the original trilogy is is made for kids. It is their kids' movies. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, they they just are, and we have all grown up I, I getting that. Nate, I can't speak for Nate Dog. He sure. would agree with you. He would absolutely agree with you. Well, Th- but that's I, not the issue. I don't think. Right. Well, then I don't understand how that is such an egregious. You know what it was? Thing. It was. It was egregious. I can't tell you why it was egregious. It's but not egregious for some at all. reason. You like, know what's egregious is killing Chewbacca and then bringing him back in the next scene. That's fucking egregious. Wait, when does he die in the new? In Rise of God, Jeff. Oh does my he die God. in Ri- Rise of Skywalker? No, the audience is told that he's dead, and then he's not in the next. Oh, scene the filmmaking is utter 
garbage ash trash bullshit oh no oh no we've we've un, we've woken up because you should hate this movie and you not hating it is is fucking disgusting to me it's like Bob anyone who hate, doesn't hate it it should, should hate that i uh don't mind rise of skywalker everyone you know why rise of skywalker. hold on i i'm not gonna go we're not going down this road because yeah, it's, we're a, not. it's a dark road but i will sure. say one thing I, i'm gonna say one sentence and then i will not speak of it again here's the one sentence ready one sentence New the space reason orders. why the reason why I don't mind Rise of Skywalker because I see it as I see this is supposing to be it's supposed to be an arc of movies that that is starts with Force Awakens and is supposed to finish with something however messy and gnarled and messed up it is I liked that JJ tried to at least sort of put things back in a Hail Mary, you know, in his own kind of way. Like, I feel like I felt better about Luke. This is way longer than a sentence. I'm just I saying I felt better about Luke. I think your that take on Luke, Luke is scene. horrible. I, what, that Luke my, scene is, yes. My take on Luke? <laughs> yes. Yes. Dude. Dude, that scene, put, that scene made me feel better about Luke because that's what I wanted Luke to do in The Last Jedi, and mm, he didn't do God, it. God. So that made so me feel... <laughs> I, I hate that movie more than I think more. I think like on my yes, list of top five Field hated movies. Hate I would if if, Rise, if, you, I, if I could turn Rise of Skywalker into an anthropomorphic being, I would happily <laughs> kill it. I would happily murder it. Like I, I would eat like happily. All right, I will say that I will. I will say I, this like, about Rise of Skywalker right here and now. It's in everything focus. Involving, everything involving Leia in Rise of Skywalker oh, yeah, that's awful. is beyond awful it's like the most insulting atrocious thing that they could have possibly done uh it's pretty bad i mean it's really bad Jeff, i will say that i, will I know say no that. one listens to me when i say this but the fact that rise of skywalker <laughs> was like when they were imagine making a movie like rise of skywalker after the last jedi and you're like you know what i want an entire climactic scene with space horses well, we already we just established all these space horses. Let's 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 Dude, find new what's, space horses. What's wrong with space horses or new space horses? They're You've already horses. established the space horses in the last movie. You don't have to have new ones with a bunch of characters we don't care about. <laughs> oh my god, it's such bad everything. Oh, you know what? The way god. that your attitude, hey, your attitude towards the new nope, space a, horses. That is not equivalent. That is not equivalent to the blue the, milk at all. That is not even remotely. Yes, it is. No, because what I'm saying is they established it in the movie before and they throw it all out the fucking window and they have to reestablish a new space horse thing. What? Okay. That is such bad filmmaking and writing, Jeff. You're better than that. You could have made a way better movie than any. Most people we know, even the worst filmmakers, me and you know, the ones who we know have no talent could do better than that fucking movie. That fucking movie is below so many people. It's ridiculous. It's Bob, absolutely absurd. We both can agree. We both can agree no, on the fact that this should have been an overarching three movies that all sure. flow into Everyone each other. Everyone agrees with that. Everyone and, agrees. So I'm saying, and it doesn't. Right. It so doesn't. no matter what redeeming qualities we find individually, whether but, it's in scenes, concepts, or nope. movies themselves. I disagree. I disagree because I hate The Force Awakens, but The Force Awakens is a fine put together movie. 
it makes sense. The script is fine. I, I just dislike the ideas. And that's different than my problems with Rise of Skywalker, which is like an uh, like a baby wrote it. It's literally like you they Jeff, there's things in it that are just inherently lazy and terrible, like killing a character as a trick and then bringing him back in the very next scene. There's no tension there. Or take, well, what or, about C3PO? Awful, absolutely awful death. Uh, it's funny. He's you know surrounded by a bunch of too. new characters that he doesn't care about. His death is shit, and then he's brought back. Yeah, Three I people say, are killed I'm, in this movie. They're brought back. It surprises it, me it. that you're that you have more of a problem with the Chewbacca thing than you would the C3PO thing because I feel like the C3PO thing is like both. a it's like a smack in the face, if anything, of, of all the things. Jeff, C3PO yeah. is a smack in the face of 40 years of fandom. His death is that. Chewbacca's is a smack in the face of anyone who is a fan of tension, writing, execution. <laughs> That's it has nothing to do with Star Wars. It is like JJ, this is embarrassing. Oh, this is like a film school student did this. Well, wait a minute. What about this longer? Supposedly, there's a longer, different cut of Rise of Skywalker, and that what we saw was actually mangled by Kathleen Kennedy. Is that true or is that false? That's, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm not talking about that. I don't know if that exists. So. I, it's under my impression that the actual cut that JJ put together is far different than what the studio released, and that I mean, somewhere out there there's you know the, a, a, a different cut that is even better. Go and watch anything with JJ talking about Rise of Skywalker during the press tour. And you know what? I mean, he I, I'm almost positive JJ doesn't like the movie. Like he he's asked he definitely does not. He definitely he does not. He doesn't. He doesn't. But he doesn't like does, it. look. Neither Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill, who I think is perfectly aligned with Luke Skywalker and Luke no, he's Skywalker's not. He's not a writer. abilities. He's not a writer, and he also admitted writer, he liked but it. he loves it now. So it doesn't matter. What when you're did about he admit he admitted that he, he likes abs- it now? Absolutely, one thousand percent has said that. Yes, maybe at dude, he fucking there's he, co- there's compilations. And he, and he's not a fucking writer, Jeff. He's not a writer. It doesn't matter. He's not a he's filmmaker kind, or a writer. I think he is a he is a nope, filmmaker. Nope. No, nope, Bob. He nope, is a filmmaker. Nope. Nope. J- he is an actor, and that's who comic he is. Comic book guy. He directed a movie called Comic Book Guy. It's, it's a good not, movie. It's a mockumentary. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it it's is not. It's oh, funny to some degree. But I, I really enjoyed that. He Hold is on. not. He is not a fucking filmmaker nor a storyteller, in my opinion. Campbell. So you whatever. But as and an he, actor, is he not a storyteller? Is he not telling the story? No. As an actor, he's part of the process. No, he's I don't agree that that makes the him a storyteller. Life. I'm just saying, Jeff. One of those filmmakers is yeah. proud of his movie and still talks about it to this day. Another one will never speak about it again because he is not a moron and he knows exactly <laughs> what he did. And you can't argue with me because it's a fact. If you can show me him talking about it gleefully now, which you can't. Ooh, you JJ? cannot prove it. JJ, you cannot find anything about it. He'll never speak about Rise of Skywalker again. Because if you watch him during the press tour, he's just like, you know, people are going to think what they're going to think, and it is what it is. He sounds like he's Trump. I'm not equating him to Trump, but he sounds like he's Trump just talking about, like, it is what it is. I can't do anything about what happened. It just I is. think, you know, I, you know what I hope? I hope that here's here's a good way to – yeah, so he directed something called Comic Book the Movie, which I have, and it was I've, good. I've seen it. It's funny. It's I don't. I'm it's like, good. It, it's a movie, and it's, that doesn't and that make makes me him... think he has any authority on that stuff. Fine, but, he but has changed a... his mind anyway, so it yeah, doesn't but he's matter. He's an actor for forty years who wrote and directed a movie that but makes him a filmmaker. Jeff, you sound like one of the incels on fucking Twitter, dude. You do. <laughs> oh, come on, his come opinion, on, Bob. 
No, I mean, he has literally stated he was wrong. He has said I was wrong. All right. Well, that you're going to, when we get off here, you're going to send me where that is because I can't find that anywhere. I that is so that. easy to find. That is so easy to find. We'll find it. We'll find it. Well, he did the new Scooby Doo movie adventures. He did additional voices back in 72. I did not realize that. He is a voice actor. I mean, well, yes, he's a voice actor, but I didn't know he was yeah. doing Scooby Doo before he did Star Wars. In any case, now I forgot what I was going to say. About saying the... that saying that an actor ha knows the best thing for characters is insane to me, and that is a bad path to go I... down. That is something that like that is something that like people that I hate online say. Well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Movies. You're telling me you're telling me that an actor that brings yes. a character to life and has brought a character to life and yes. has created its, their own inner workings for a character doesn't have like a a say or understanding or a voice or any sort of insight into that character. Not very They have much, to no. understand. I, I mean, mean, Jeff Luke Skywalker isn't even that complex in the original trilogy. Come on. This is not that. <laughs> the the way not... the backlash to that movie painted his actual depth in the original trilogy made me actually laugh. He, I lo look, Luke Skywalker is great and all, but he is not some type of, Deep no cavernous uh he's interesting not. character he just isn't he's, he's not. not he is not so saying like he knows this character and stuff sure he might but there's not that much to know but i still consider i would i don't think that takes away from him not being some sort of authority on a character that he he's, brought to life he originated the character and brought, it, brought him to life he's still not you know? a storyteller and he admitted that he was wrong i'm gonna it's, in the read it's literally in the documentary on the dvd dude like he mm. the making of the the whole full-length movie it's literally there Mark Hamill. wrong wrong about new star wars well that's not what you type in do you want to do this on stream is anyone even no, no, no 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 i'll take a look at it later um the point point is bottom line I don't know if there is a bottom line. I There's just no think I, I'll never budge. So it doesn't matter because well, I'm, I'm not I, know, I'm a, I am I, most certainly no, no, not like, trying to convince you. Of like, anything. there's very few things I will like legitimately say objectively are true when talking about art. But <laughs> the Rise of Skywalker being objectively terrible, I'll happily say, like it's that I hate it that much, and it's that objectively awful. Like, well, I, I truly, Brian. Hate it. Brian agrees with you. He says, "Thank you, Bob. No amount of editing could have saved that half-ass script." Yes, thank you, Brian. You guys will have me wanting to watch Galactic Empire music videos instead. Mark Hamill is brilliant. Mark Hamill is whomever he wants to be. Skips. Mark Hamill is brilliant. I don't. I love Mark Hamill. That's not what I was arguing. I I think Mark Hamill has. What's up, Michelle? How are you? Um, I think Mark Hamill. Ha like, if Mark Hamill came to me and was like this is what luke skywalker is about i wouldn't be like no you don't know what you're talking about because you didn't write the character you know that sort of thing i think i think what he i think he has i think he has a somewhat of like a say in the same way that like brian cranston brian cranston like you know could tell you a thing or two about walter white whether he wrote walter white or not you know I like he has trust, i wouldn't trust brian cranston to write one episode of the show I think that Brian, but I'm, it's not about writing an episode of the show or not. I think just Brian Cranston has to have some sort of understanding of the character to bring him to life. And I think on that level, Mark Hamill, whether 
Luke Skywalker. Uh, just for everyone not, in the chat, I'm doing this on Jeff's show, so I apologize. Yeah. But everyone should know I am literally sending Jeff uh, three different instances yes. right now. I, I'm where, getting them. Yeah, right. Where he literally says everything I've been saying. I just want to point that out. That hey, I listen. I'm not here. I'm not here to argue that argue against your point. I, the only thing I'm saying is that I think that Mark Hamill, as someone who's brought, brought that character to life multiple okay, times this? over he, the years. He knows more than we do. How's that? Yeah, so I think that he if He knows more than we do, but he is not inherently a storyteller or a director. Fine, they, but I they, still think that gives him no, a weighted input into Star right. Wars on some level, and that and, is what I'm saying. That's literally all I'm saying. Okay, but he admits he was wrong, and he regrets Fine. even saying anything. Well, I'm sure he regrets ever yeah, saying uh, anything. Well, and there, are there are compilations of like you could see Kathleen Kennedy losing her fucking mind when Mark Hamill like is like speaking out during uh, Last Jedi stuff. Which you know, to be fair, it's like hey, we I just put was, all this I, money. You know what though? The internet is a bunch of fucking babies because like, <laughs> like that was him telling an interesting tale about the making of the movie, where he's like saying when I initially sat down to read the script it fundamentally was against everything I thought Luke Skywalker was. And he's trying to tell, oh, that's not story. what I'm referring to. I'm referring I know, to, but he's, he's yeah. trying to tell us an interesting, I'm referring to that. He's telling an interesting story about the process of making the movie. Right. But every time he says that he says, and then, you know what I got, I, I saw the finished product and I regret saying that that's what he's trying to say. Like he was an interesting making of anecdote, about him reading the script it's not there's just like i've seen a compilation a couple of them actually they're on youtube where he it's during the last jedi they're edited by assholes yes i know i've seen where he's just like edited by people you would hate (laughs) jeff these are people that you would literally loathe listen edited those things mind you mind you you know i love star wars as much as the next guy, but like sure, I used all to, of it yeah. to me is, but all of it to me is like, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's star Wars. Like it's not, it's not that serious, you know? So I, I, think, I mean, I, I've hated JJ Abrams star Wars since day one, ever since right. Chewbacca didn't hug Leia. I was like, this guy doesn't know star Wars because you, that is insane to me that they you've didn't been hug. on brand. You've been on brand with your hatred for this, this new trilogy in the same way that I have been on brand for the dark Knight from christopher nolan's uh batman oh i've been there too. Uh, universe. i hate that trilogy i it's not that i even hate the trilogy i, I just loathe, really loathe hate movies. the dark knight <laughs> i like batman begins okay but like it's fine the batman begins is the best one but the dark knight is just so i literally thought i was crazy at one point i was like oh, is everybody ma-? or i thought everybody was mad I'm like, is everybody in the world mad that they think that this is Batman or that this is good? Like, this is just, this is ridiculous. I mean, it just goes against the common core. Talk about talking about that. And then speaking from that, that, that point of view in that, forget about Christopher Nolan in that, you know, like Christian Bale, who's bringing Batman to life. And Batman's a character that's existed for how many fucking decades. And now here's a dude bring it in and coming to him being like, what's your thought process with this? And how, you know, how does that work? I feel like the, I feel like you're not giving the actor enough weight in the creative process in this realm. Yes. They might not be writers and directors, but I feel like, like, I mean, you like, have some, I'm, I'm in an argument with you. I'm in an argument yeah. with you. So I'm saying like in, 
in the I don't think end, we're in a we're, this is an well I'm in an argument about 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 Last Jedi but I'm saying yeah like, in the end he does have some his input is obviously one of the most valuable on earth when it comes to that character right. but when it right. comes to making a film or making anything like that he is not in those roles and it is not his business if he now he he has every right to not be in the movie not take the job but he's not he is i mean mark hamill himself said i am not a storyteller he has said that because of this problem so i'll give you a counter here's one counter what about uh ellen ripley and sigourney reaver and she's a producer and she is not really a filmmaker no, but I just mean that... She's a that, producer, Jeff. She's not a director and a writer. No, but the, is she point writing is, the, is, the point is is that if you don't think that she didn't have some sort of input into the character or, you know, w- trying to wanting to guide the character. Sure. Same thing with but, Sydney. Same thing with Nev Campbell and Sydney Prescott, although I think she was misguided. I think that was just about money, really, at the end of the day. Not Everyone not you mentioned is a, is a famous Hollywood personality who's probably a great producer. They're not writers and directors. But I, that's not what I'm saying, Bob. I'm saying that they probably have input into their character. That's usually, all I'm saying. Usually, when they those when those things take hold and when they start taking guide of their character, it gets worse. Too. I want to point that out. It usually gets that worse. That is actually a okay. That is a good point. Right. And actually speaks to both of those things I just said. Yeah. What? Remember when Bruce Willis started to become. John McClane and I you make the movies because I'm John McClane and then you get the last two diehard movies like things get worse when okay. the actor becomes I, an executive producer I and will tries concede. to guide it yes. because okay. I will they can't see the forest this. for the trees I will concede on this and perhaps if Mark Hamill was driving drive had the steering wheel perhaps maybe that could happen you can't know uh i feel like if if i mean i feel like this whole thing came off like i don't love mark hamill to death i do but no i see you i, 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 I see you arguing you are you are passionately arguing a point that you uh, that 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 puts a very big divider between actors and yes, writer directors that's what i hear I, from you i, I do not if i'm I, hearing you correctly yes no that's what i'm saying yeah. is i i mark hamill I'm using his own words, Jeff. He literally did say this. He said, I am not a storyteller. I'm not, oh, I'm not denying that. I'm just yeah, thinking yeah. of, you know what it is? I'm thinking about what I wanted from Luke Skywalker and what I wanted from Star Wars as an audience member, as a fan, right. and right. as a casual fan or whatever, and hearing Mark Hamill's thoughts on the matter when he was speaking out via outburst, that aligned. Which I still with, say he wasn't speaking out. He was telling whatever he was doing. But I think that's really important. He was telling an interesting anecdote about his thoughts in the process. He wasn't saying it was a definitive end thought. What, whatever he was saying, fine. Whatever that's he what was he was saying, saying. That is what happened. Whatever he was saying aligned with what I wanted. Well, and that disappoints was me because I love you and I think better of you. What, that he, I wanted Luke Skywalker to never give he up. He wanted That's him all. to be a, just a boring fucking caricature. No, sure. but I just. <laughs> He's just a boring nothing. But we don't get. But you want to know something? I In The Last Jedi, I, we I don't gonna think we get. Dude. We're going to disagree. I mean, we just we are. Don't, so get, don't even say it. We don't. We, we don't do. get it, Bob. We don't get it. We don't we do. get enough. We do. 
I absolutely. don't get enough why, Bob. I don't get enough why. That's okay. Look, here, I'm going to read this. Go ahead. I regret please. voicing my doubts and securities in public. Creative differences are a common element of any project, but usually remain private. All I wanted to do was make a good movie. I got more than that. Ryan made an all-time great one. That, okay. I just sent you that. Do you I just think, sent you that. But in all honesty, don't don't be an incel on Twitter and say that. They I'm not made being an incel. That. Nothing. I know. All I'm, I'm saying is I'm, I'm really I'm not. Kidding. I'm really not. But I'm saying if you if you're gonna tell me they made him say that, like, no, that's not what I'm gonna say. Okay. I'm, okay. I, I'm asking a rhetorical question. Yes. Does that not does that sound like a statement from a guy speaking from? A personal place or does that sound like that sounds like a tweet that you wrote because you wanted to be sincere he's not sound I, mean, I don't know when i heard you what you're doing that, right now is before. you're questioning the you're questioning if it's sincere right now that's what you're doing uh, now we both can't prove or not if it's sincere but we the only thing we have to we have to live with the fact that mark hamill's words public words yes. are sincere and honest taking those words for sincere and honesty that's what he means, right? I mean, we can't prove that he's lying. He can't be like, oh, well, he doesn't mean that. I mean, he said it publicly. I mean, what do you want? Yeah, what people, more? Come on. Well, people say things pub. People say things publicly that they need to say publicly. You know, I mean, it's just, just I saying, don't know. I don't think you can necessarily. I don't think you can necessarily. Uh, uh, what's the word? What's the the phrase I'm thinking of? The the it's a a saying uh at at when you look at something and see what's it's on the tip of my tongue what's a thing when you see something that uh at face value i don't necessarily think that you could take that statement at face value when i've seen uh, other instances you know i don't know what with, I, with, all, I, with everything else you said in the past that's all. i don't know just like you're basically but you're basically saying that he was saying it for a pr reason after this is after the movie has been released, too. It's I'm not, saying that there's no money loss involved in that statement. I'm saying that for whatever reason, you know what? I'm not saying it was necessarily. Maybe he just felt that it was the right thing to do. I mean, you're also questioning Mark Hamill's integrity by saying he would say that. No, I'm not. It's, I don't think so. I think that he wanted to uphold a sense of just professionalism. Admit he fucking said it, and he met him, dude. I mean, that's I'm what I'm not. saying. Mark Hamill loves The Last Jedi. He can't, said it's a great movie. I mean, what do you want? He, if he didn't say it, I wouldn't be here saying that to you. I would not even remotely push this if he didn't. I mean, I'd have nothing to stand on. I, I just think, I just personally think, and again, like, like I said, I'm but, not. <laughs> Jeff, also what we argued right before this, where I was saying is, even if he didn't say it, I'm not sure how much his opinion, what are his opinion holes with me? Because I don't view him as a filmmaker or a writer. And that is, I think that is primarily where that's primarily where we disagree. That's the, that's, that weird, is the to me. that's weird. That's weird to me. I mean, I would say the same thing about like Sigourney Weaver and an alien movie, you know, even the bad ones or something like, I mean, if she, if she said this movie is not how I viewed Ripley and I thought the movie was excellent. I'd be like, well, you're not a, you're not a, the filmmaker of that. You know movie. what it is? I'll tell you, you know? you know what it is? I think I, I personally just think that, you know, I've had actors come up to me and tell me that the thing that I have written is not the right thing. They sure. say that's not what my character would say. My character would actually say it like this or my character would do this. And I'm the guy who fucking wrote the character. I'm the guy who came up with the thing, not you. 
but they have been in this collaboration. They're bringing the character to life and they have their own thought right. process that, and what I've seen them do thus, thus far has been very valid to me. And now they're coming to me and saying, that's not how this character would say this. They would say it like this. And I think that right, blah, blah, blah. Hasn't and then Hamill said that they had extensive conversations about it. He did. I'm, it's an example. I'm just using it as I an know, example. But I'm of saying like, it's not like it, it, there was no, no, but that's my point about like how like an actor might have a little weight in the creative process of, you know, okay. I'm sure character. he did. I'm sure you know? he did. I'm sure he, he did have that, but in the end he ended up agreeing. Yeah. Like, no, he, he agreed before. And I think the thing is that the, the compilations you saw, they cut out the after part of him talking every time. I will say, I will say this about compilations in general, like, and they're very misleading. With the no, they, they take things out of context yeah, and I'm not, I want to say that I should, I should have said this when I brought up the compilation in the first place, they do take things out of context for sure. But at the same time, I just, uh, you know, the energy that I've sort of, you know, seen or the vibe that I've sort of gotten from the whole situation was just that, you know, it, that that clearly there was some sort of conflict or some sort of, you know, tension or clash there in in thought processes, and which is normal for movies. Yeah, totally normal. I, I just don't. I don't. It, to me, I I just saying I don't care that much if he didn't like it. But since everyone apparently does, there's plenty of proof to the contrary. Yeah, there. You're there, there and in that. You're there right. Is. And you know what else? You know what else? Absolutely, I agree with you on, or that you have absolutely given me more food for thought to think about in the idea that you are right by rule of thumb. Usually when a, when a, when a star takes over it gets the worse, creative, yeah. the, the, by the creative driving wheel, it does. It always veers off. It usually that is gets true. worse because true. They, they usually can't see uh, what made it great. They can just see themselves. Right. And that, that and that's, the that's a great point. However, Hamill, from what I've seen, and again, I'm just speaking from. No, a I'm not POV. saying Ham. I don't think he was even trying to do that. I don't think he was either. But no, I'm, my no, point is, is all. that Hamill. I don't. I think whatever pushback Hamill might have given in a situation like that, sure. I don't think it would have been necessarily ego driven. I think it would have. And you, you were yeah. talking about integrity. I think it would have come from a place of integrity of like, hey, this is like, right. you know, I've been with this character for this many years and like this doesn't feel right to me. And I'm just want, you know, I want to help you tell the best right. story possible. And I guess here's what I'm saying to you is that they 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 have said they talked about it extensively. They did. And, and you him, know what? Him and Ryan Johnson, they came to the conclusion they did. And Hamill has and, said and, multiple times publicly, Hamill has said multiple times publicly that yeah. th that he's always a Hamill has always acknowledged that they are the filmmaker and that they, you know, that this he is where they want to go and that, you know, so Hence I mean, why I brought it up. That's why I brought it up, but I don't words. think, yes, but I think in a closed, yes, but I think in a closed door scenario behind sure. the scenes, if you were just having, you know, I don't drink I alcohol, disagree. but if I did drink, if, if you and Hamill were drinking some whiskey on the rocks and just casually talking, you've been talking all night for hours and having a really good conversation and you peeled the onion back and maybe Hamill would be like, ah, it's not how I would have done it. Fuck. You know, like, why did they go that route? I, this is how they should have gone. Well, number one, blah, blah, blah. No, you're just, that's all. I mean, you can't prove that. Of course one. I'm not. I'm, I'm creating also, a like scenario. Said, right. But what I'm scenario. saying is the difference between us is I'm saying 
if he did say that, I'd be like, I don't care what you think. You're the act. You're an actor, and you're a great actor pulling off a role. And they might have said that. That's right, might be I, what Ryan I, Johnson know, and JJ said to him. Hey, I don't care if you're on the last page of the fucking script. right. They, That's I'm it. Just, Fuck you, well, but you I'm know, saying but, the difference between the two of us in this discussion. Yeah, is that I don't care. I'm just saying that there is there is proof that he did like it. That we cannot, we can't read minds, and we can't like travel time and space to prove otherwise. So. No, we can't. You have to go and by what, I, what what he said publicly and take his integrity for what it is. What well, and 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 furthermore, this episode really should be now split into two episodes. I mean, you can. I'm sorry, you brought it up. You're the one who brought it up. I didn't. Bring I'm not, Star Wars. Bob. I'm not. I'm not angry or blaming you I for just, anything. This was terrific. I love this shit. So like, these, this is only, great. There's only. I don't. I'm actually known with my friends for liking movies too much. So it's very rare. Like, I mean, honestly, you mentioned the ones that I hate. I hate the Nolan trilogy and I hate the rise of Skywalker. We align in a lot of places, but I'm saying like, this is the rare opportunity for me to like, hate a movie vehemently. Like I don't really hate movies ever. I know. I it's actually like, love that. You hate it. Yeah. Vehemently. It makes me, yeah, I love like, that's that. That's like you the hate one it. thing I, I hate. Love I hate it. I really hate it. <laughs> I love that you hate and, it. And I grew to hate it because if you listen to my, my podcast on it, it's yeah. not really filled with hate. It's like a very nuanced takedown of the script, but I'm not passionate about it. But as the years have gone by, <laughs> yeah, the power of I'm sorry, uh, Rue, but Pazuzu has possessed us into the yeah. spirit of debate. But this is good podcasting. This is good. This is what it's I mean, all it about, is. baby. This is what it's this just, is the good the thing. It's man. Star Wars. Talking about Star Wars now is so lame. You, at this but, point. It's lame, but you know, on some level, whether you want to admit it or not, and I'm actually saying, I'm saying you, I'm putting you, you d somewhere deep down inside, you do love Star Wars. It it is like it angers me that Star Wars tribal sports level team, like you're, this is your sports team on some level, it, it, because I see the passion in you. It's painful to me. That's how it all ended. Right, right. Something I, if I hate that movie that much, it's painful to me. It all ended like that. Right, right, right. And so I'm just like, Jesus, man, like this was the end, you know? And I care, like, there's certain franchises, like, I mean, you saw Jurassic World Dominion. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking with that, but that I can deal with bad Jurassic Park movies. Like, I never expect Jurassic Park movies to be good. Jurassic Park for me ends at the end of the lost world, if really. So I don't want to really talk about Jurassic. I love no, I know, but Park I'm just saying that. But what I'm saying is that it's not the same as Star Wars, though, where Star Wars is like about writing and it's about the story of this family and these characters and stuff and to drop a ball as hard as i see it was dropped it like retroactively a little bit ruins the entire thing it boils right. the whole pond for right me. because when and you watch those me. movies whereas now, they're, jurassic they're world sullied. dominion yeah you, you can't ruin jurassic park the first one for me ever you could make the, the sequels could literally do anything and i'd be like Eh, whatever you know what i mean right it doesn't matter but with star wars man that just you know bringing the emperor back and every there's a lot of stuff where i'm just like oh god it, well you know what I is interesting so much it's funny you bring that up i what's all right one second one second um it's funny i'll, I'll be just a second 
it's funny you bring that up actually because I have to go in two seconds. Okay. This yeah, is okay. this is about 34 minutes over what we were supposed, we were to, do supposed anyway. to do. Sorry, Jeff. I'm sorry. Don't apologize. This was amazing. I love this debate. This shit's awesome, Bob. Okay, Don't okay, stop. good. Stop. Well, oh, I mean, I'm good. sorry for going so long. That's what I meant. That's okay. I th yeah. Bob, I'm always happy when you go long. Okay. Um I okay, so so again, because I could tell, even as you are passionately, and I could see like how deeply this means to you on some level. It doesn't, and frankly, it doesn't mean the same to me on that level. I mean, obviously, I grew up with Star Wars in childhood and stuff, but I don't have, I can tell that it, it we both have different relationships with these movies. However, you should hear I, me talk about Indy 4 sometime. Oh, my God. Uh, well, I actually like that one, but let's not go there. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I like Indy and 4. I don't dislike it because of the CG or anything. So okay, okay. We will talk about Indy 4 sometime. But no, no, Bob, here's what I'm saying. Like, I that hurt more than Star Wars. I do. How about this? I empathize. I do empathize with your point of view, even though it's more trivial for me, because I feel the same way about <laughs> the screen movies, even though the screen movies don't even mean as much to me as I think Star Wars might might mean to you again. And these are just things Probably, I'm not. I, uh, here, it, let me just what i mean is sure. what i mean is yeah. just the idea that the idea that as i've talked about as we talked about in our threequel episode everything wraps up so perfectly in scream 3 and by having a scream 4 and scream 5 it's like even though i can stop at scream 3 like like it's still out there like I still know that Dewey, I mean, Dewey is gonna die. I still know like yeah. it's still there, you know. <laughs> Indiana Jones literally rides off into the sunset at the end of Last Crusade. Yeah. It's like it's perfect. God, yeah. why did that ever need to be touched? Oh, yeah. oh. You know what though? It's like it's just a matter of care. It's like I would only act like this on a podcast. You know what I mean? Like if I'm if, if we like if we want to have the discussion about our in real life rise of skywalker i don't care as much like but on a podcast i'll let it out like because you know i can because here we're hyper focused on media and yeah it, uh, media course. mattering but in real life does it really matter that the that i view the entire star wars lineage as destroyed not really no but we both pat look how about this we both passionately we both passionately passionately love movies we sure, both love yeah. arguing about movies. We both love discussing movies. Movies are we are rabid sports fans, but for movies, it's a huge and part. You're of right, and so you're and I see right now as having this discussion. One of your home teams has to be Star Wars, from my from my observation. And it's not as it's not as wrong. it's it's not as big as you'd assume. I'm way bigger with like indie or Back to the Future. Like those okay. were way more me when I was a kid. Well, Back to the but, Future, Perfect Trilogy, Left Alone. I'm wait, I'm know. just wait, I'm waiting for them to ruin that. Like it's, it's going to happen. happen. I don't think it can. Now, That's as long as, that, that, as those long are Spielberg, you can't remake those movies. Those are unremakeable Spielberg, movies. I agree, but that doesn't mean they won't try. But Spielberg and Zemeckis have it so basically until they're dead, nobody can touch them. Right. I but mean, they Jaw, will die. Frankly, Jaw, you know why Jaws is unremakeable? You know why Jaws is an unremakeable unre movie? Because it, it, it exists because of the time period and because of the conditions of making it. I would say even just Quint. You cannot, there's nobody. You can't have who new can, Quint, right. You cannot replace Quint with anybody. There's not a single actor, living or dead, who could possibly replace Quint. He is so, he is so, like, integral. You know, okay. 
Robert I, Shaw. I, is. I agree. I agree. Like you can't, and I don't think I can't see anyone wanting to step in those shoes. But there are remakes that are great. There are remakes that surpass. True. I true don't want true. I don't want to see. To me, remaking Spielberg classics seems. But there are movies that are unremakeable. Even oh, they're, though that they're, what they're you just so said, perfect. there are movies that are unremakeable. You cannot remake these movies. They are unremakeable, and that's and that's and and I don't want to reopen. You know they're going to the, try though. You know they're going try. to. But but yeah. I don't want to reopen this again because we'll just it, we're going to just go in circles because you feel the way you feel and I. Feel I've the already way said. I feel. I've already said everything. You've said so. your piece. I, yeah. I, but I do. I would be remiss not to at least acknowledge both Robert Shaw's contribution and, I guess, by extension, although Milius wrote the he wrote the the um the monologue. But what Shaw brought to it as a as a as an actor by cutting, he cut from that monologue. He said. He said. He said, he said, Quint's not going to say this. Quint's not going to say that. Because what, what Milius had written was way longer than what Shaw ended up saying in the thing. And Shaw made the decisions and right. Spielberg allowed it. And you want to know something? That is that is storytelling Jaws is by acting. Movie, Jaws hmm? is a first movie, too. I mean, I feel like it's a different Wait, argument. What do you mean a, a, a first movie? Jaws, is, there's, that was the first movie in that franchise i mean like sure but i feel, I'm just I feel saying, like ar arguing that you're arguing we were arguing about the actor but that the actor wasn't he a writer though vital but he was but maybe yeah he was a player I, I i think he, he was, was a playwright play I, I was gonna say what he, about he rudger hauer rudger hauer in blade runner rudger hauer in blade runner i mean jeff you're gonna i mean like you just want me to admit that sometimes the actors can make things better sure yes i want you to I, admit that sometimes saying... the word sometimes my wife is calling i have to go my son is upset i have to i uh, literally okay. have to go okay i don't right. want to because this is such a good i'm splitting this because this was such a good fucking debate <laughs> like we want have to, to split this yes if you want to I it's would... going to be i'm gonna call it bob versus jeff and it's it's gonna get split because it was just so fucking good we've literally and, talked about this on the channel like two years ago i know but you want to know something i feel like this was like some fucking rocky balboa versus uh what's his face um what the fuck is his name uh carl weathers um apollo creed apollo creed a little bit like uh, okay. we just got we just finished rocky three and we got back in the ring for a little ding ding that kind of thing we gotta we gotta um we'll we'll pick this up again okay. point being right. is yes i want you to admit that sometimes that there are some instances where and that's the whole basis for my feelings about Hamill. And that's all I wanted to say. Yes. Sometimes an actor can edit a small part of a scene and make it better. You're right. <laughs> oh, only the greatest nothing... fucking, these great monologues right, are considered but... the greatest monologues of all time. The difference is, the difference is what you're saying versus what Hamill's saying. I know you got to go. Yeah. Hamill was basically, what you're saying is Hamill, was, we should have been like, you know what, Mark Hamill, just rewrite the entire fucking no. script. No, 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 that's no, no, no. That would be. no. That's what that would be. You no. got to admit. Yes, and that, I wouldn't that, want that, and I would not want that. But however, that's what that would have to be to change what he had a problem with. However, if what you're JJ you Abrams, you're JJ Abrams, you're coming into your JJ Abrams, you're coming into a sandbox that's not your sandbox, a sandbox where Mark Hamill has been in that sandbox for decades, and yeah. on some level, uh, in some way, shape, or form, whether he's a writer, director, or not, whatever you, whatever the the you know the divide, the hard divide that you that you want. The good walls make good neighbors divide that you have in this the, situation. The divide that Mark Hamill himself said, yes. Yes. I'm, I'm not denying yeah. that. I'm not saying I'm just that saying, he doesn't I, say I'm that. I'm using his words. 
Uh, yes, but they're words that you agree with, and that's why. So yes, that's why I'm I do. using you. So okay, so you yeah. agree with it. But my point is, is that on some level, on some intrinsic level, that friggin' um, that there is. It's like that JJ's going, "Hey, Mark, like, so this is where we're going with the character or something." That there's something that there's some sort of thing, because that's what happens when you're collaborating. I mean, because it is collaboration. Even if you have the final say, even if you're calling the shots, why, you're still you, collaborating. Why, JJ, why with are you saying actor. that with J.J. Abrams? What does that have to do with? Well, just because J.J. Abrams wasn't there at the beginning of Star Wars, and that J.J. Abrams is coming into a sandbox that Mark Hamill was already in, whether he's in there as an actor or whether he's in sure. there as a filmmaker, that, that he was there, and that he is steeped in the character, shallow or not, and that he's he's been there, and therefore that Mark Hamill on some level whether Mark Hamill has misplaced seniority or not. And I don't actually know these things because I'm not Mark Hamill, but that Mark Hamill on some level can come and say, and feel comfortable saying, Hey, this is how I feel, blah, 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 blah. And on that note, honey, I'm coming yeah, right okay, now. Go ahead. Don't get in trouble. Go ahead. Go. go ahead. Go ahead. It's fine. All right. This was so much fun. I really okay. appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Um, Sorry for arguing so much. No, don't apologize, Bob. You don't, you have nothing to apologize for. This was amazing. Just I don't bring up Rise of Skywalker, and we're good. I mean, basically. I but I don't mind bringing up. I like. Well, I do. Don't I don't want. You know what? Right, I don't. I, I don't want to talk about Rise. And I will not bring up Rise of Skywalker, Bob. You'll never hear it out of my mouth again. <laughs> I I love you, Bob. This was love fucking too, awesome. Man. This was great. This is great. 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 More of this. More of this. Yeah, but no right. Rise of Skywalker. No. Okay? no we've, we've said enough. We've, we've said, said enough, guys. Thundergrunt.com fucking bob Just rose follow me at thundergram yeah all right that, i gotta go. go i gotta go, go, go now go, my go. son is upset peace and hair grease goodbye everybody and we're out bob i'm just gonna exit the stream yeah, go, i'll, I'll go. talk to you in a bit yeah. i'll, talk to you I'll in a bit. see you